You are listening to the Football Murmurs podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the FM Pod. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and now Spotify. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to the FMP. We are your hosts, Ed Martin and George Murphy. Hi, guys. Friday, the 24th of August, which means that we are officially less than two weeks away from the start of the NFL season. Woo! Which is crazy. It's coming around fast, thick and fast. Uh, last night was the start of preseason week three with the Browns and Eagles playing in a thrilling 5 0 win. <laughs> I can't believe it this morning. <laughs> 5 0. That's impressive. <laughs> Uh, But the plan for today's podcast is to look at some guys that have been making some noise in training camp and basically just just discussing them. Nothing nothing important, nothing necessarily groundbreaking, but just looking at a few guys. We've got a few categories that we're throwing them into uh, and then we'll we'll discuss them and see what we think that will translate to into the regular season. But first, as always, let's do some news. Very, very quiet news week end. Very little going on in the NFL outside of, I think, the, outside of the Washington and Adrian Peterson marriage. That was the last major piece of news. Um, but to, for today, the, perhaps the biggest piece of news is uh, Chris Baker getting cut by the Bengals before the season has even started. He signed a uh, one-year deal with them not six months ago, uh, and he played in both preseason games. Uh, 37 snaps uh, but not having a tackle and I think what was cited about the reason for him getting cut was his lack of effort the Bucks jettisoned him after just one year of a three-year contract in February he was great with the Redskins uh, in his last year with the Redskins but kind of hasn't been hasn't been the same player since yeah it's just a bit strange Um, obviously lack of effort isn't going to get you anywhere in the NFL even if you are like a, a fairly good veteran um yeah, perhaps this is to do with the fact that Andrew Billings has stepped up as well. Um, their D-line's arguably the strongest in the league. The PFF guys are talking about it on their podcast. Um, how they basically, they're, they've got like seven or eight players on that line that could start and for three or four that could be pro bowlers. So, you know, as, as horrible as it is to say, Chris Baker at this point might just be dead weight and dead money. Um, does he find another job? I don't think so. I mean, cut days coming up, and yeah, I think he find. I think he finds a, another job somewhere, perhaps due to injury. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see him on, on the charges. To be honest with you, it's not a bad uh, shout actually. Uh, but you know, I think he could find another job somewhere. I think he needs just needs needs to kick up the bum, basically. Um, yeah, and I think uh, talking of you know the Bengals having a ridiculously deep defensive line, that was one of the reasons that was cited for his cut. Uh, and the fact that they wanted to get the younger guys more time on the playing field, which you can completely understand because, you know, that that is their core. And I've said this all along. I've said this all off-season and all, all pre-season. I think the Bengals' defence is going to be sneaky good, uh, sneaky top 10. I don't think they're going to be necessarily a great team because their offence looked bad in, in, in week two of the pre-season. But I think they could make some noise on defence. Yeah, if um, Malik Jefferson, the rookie linebacker, steps up as well with Vontaze Berthick suspended. And obviously we've got William Jackson... Um, Drake Patrick is fine. Um, Devin Kennard is the other guy as well, I think. I don't know what the safety situation is. Is it Sean well, they, Williams? They, they cut George Aloka, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, which was a, a bit of a surprise. I mean, he's he's fine when he plays. He's now with the Vikings, isn't he? Yeah, he signed with the Vikings on a one-year deal, which is crazy because the Vikings Vikings have just got ridiculously good. You know, Harrison Smith and, and 
and uh, George Aloka as a safety tandem is, is, is a very good tandem. Uh, George Aloka had a ridiculous season a couple of years ago, but didn't has didn't quite cap- capitalise on that and has been not as good since, really. But he's still a very decent safety. Yeah, I think they, um, they got him for veteran minimum as well, so they're basically yeah, they, playing him absolutely nothing. Yeah, exactly. But on the defensive line, you've got guys like Carl uh, Lawson, who's one of my favourite guys in the league. You've got Andrew Billings, as you said, George. You've got Sam Hubbard. You've got... Jordan um, Willis. Yeah, Michael Johnson. You know, all these guys. It's crazy deep. Uh, and I think they're going to need it to be good for them to, to actually become make some noise in the AFC North. Uh, but other than that, there's not really much else going on in, in the league other outside of a, a major injury, which I think that's George's role, really. Yeah, I mean, we've got a few little ones. I mean, Denzel Ward hurt his back yesterday. Doesn't seem to be an issue. Um, Donovan Smith, the offensive tackle from Tampa Bay, has just missed out on his very serious knee injury. Um, I thought you I thought you sounded like then you said Jonathan with a kind of like a lisp, but it's Jonathan. actually Donovan. Donovan, Donovan. Yeah. It's like, um, Donovan. <laughs> he's likely out like three or four weeks, but he should be fine. So Baltimore Ravens first round pick, uh, tight end Hayden Hurst, is going to be out three to four weeks with a foot injury. I believe he's had a screw put in his foot. This doesn't seem like it's going to be a big issue, but with the season slowly encroaching, it's just not very good news for the team. They obviously invested another pick in a um, tight end. Ed, help me out. Who's the other guy? Uh, Mark Andrews. That's it. Thank you. So they've got the depth there, but Hayden Hurst has looked very good in preseason. They've definitely got the depth. They've yeah, got yeah. so many tight ends it hurts. Um, I, Hayden Hurst had a stress factor, apparently. By the oh, is that what it was? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So he should be fine. He should be back. Travis Frederick, um, probably the biggest news this week. The all-world, all-pro centre from Dallas has been diagnosed with something called Ghislaine Barr syndrome which is an autoimmune disease. Um, I'm not sure of the intricacies of this disease. Uh, the first speculation was that he would be back for week one. I think that was more him being optimistic. However, our friend of the show, we wish, Dr. David Chow has said he's more likely to miss the entire season than he is uh, just just like one week or two. But we'll see. This is early days. It's new for him. He seems to be getting on well with it. The treatments will come in. He'll learn to deal with it. Worst case scenario, obviously, is he misses a year. But... I don't think this is going to be a, a career ender. Hopefully not anyway, because he's such a great player. With the news of, of Zach Martin as well, of his knee, and he's he's still up in the air. Um, yeah, the Dallas line has gone from strength to big, big question mark at this point. Absolutely. Um, the, that's exactly it. Like uh, We were looking at this and you kind of go, well, that sounds like a scary situation. Yeah. And it... I think Mark Schlereth, who's a, an ex-offensive lineman for the Denver Broncos, suffered with a, a similar issue. Oh, really? And basically, uh, it's kind of, you just feel numbness and pain in, in, in your limbs. Ooh. I think it's obviously more than that, but that is one of the, that's one of the, the main, the main uh, side effects and the main symptoms of it. So, who knows? And, and he said it took, it took him about a year uh, to feel right again. Well, so that, that's good news. At least he came back from it. But yeah, exactly. That, that sounds dreadful. It's, it's the worst. So just just quickly, talking of the Cowboys' offensive line as we are. Yesterday in practice, the the line was Cameron Fleming, Connor Williams, Joe Looney, Kadeem Edwards, and Chaz Green. Chaz Green being the guy who gave up six sacks against Adrian Claiborne. Uh, it's just bad. not looking. It's not looking great, is it? Connor Williams has struggled. Cameron Fleming can't really keep a job down. Tyron Smith's injured, obviously, and so is Zach Martin, as we brought on the other show. So it's it's not looking great for for them, to be honest. 
they might have gone. They might have. I said to you the other day, they might have wasted the best offensive line in a decade and two offensive rookie of the year candidates and got absolutely nothing out of it. Yeah, they could. They could be bad for a very long time. They could be. I think Ezekiel Elliott will always be a leading rusher. Dak's obviously taken a step back, and he looked. He looked pretty bad in the preseason game, uh, week two. Uh, but if you know Zeke was not taking anything away from from Zeke, but the reason that he was so dominant, it was just because of the offensive line. It certainly helps. Definitely. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a bad situation in Dallas, and they've got no weapons as well. So, but hopefully uh, Travis Frederick can come back healthy uh, and sooner rather than later, really. So Fingers that wraps crossed. up. Yeah, exactly. That wraps up for the news today. We will get on to the main point of the show. We're not going to name it or anything. We're just going to crack on with it. Uh, it's basically, as I said, we're going to look at some guys who have changed situations or come into new situations or are looking to looking to break out. We've heard good things about about reports from training camp and they've played well in preseason, and we can we can just discuss them and think say what we think. We may not agree. We we know that we know that the list we've 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 we categorized them into three categories. Obviously, we're going to start with the rookies. We're looking to rookies looking to break out and looking to shine and, and get a roster spot. We are looking at second or third year players who haven't really had a chance to to play because of situation or injury or or anything like that. And then finally, we've got a category for free agents who are in new teams. So just to give you an example of each, obviously you know what a rookie is, but first year guy being like Forrest Lamp who was injured uh, and he's going to be we're going to be talking about him in a bit and then a free agent would be someone like Jarek McKinnon or Carlos Hyde who have changed situations and have looked good and, and there's been lots of reports about about him being being a focal point of the offence yeah it's just an exercise it's sort of like uh, testing the water if you like and seeing where these guys are after two and a half weeks of pre-season and an off-season um it's extremely early, obviously, for us to be saying any of this. Some of these guys might not make an impact for a year, eight yeah. weeks, two months, ten years, or never. Like we, we, we don't know. So it's just us speculating and just you know touching base on a few of these players. Yeah, exactly. And I think, and and that's basically what with the with the the regular season coming around. Really, that's 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 all that's all we're kind of looking at, really. Uh, but so let's 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 kick it off, and I think we'll start in, in New Orleans. Uh, and a defensive end we haven't really heard much about, and that's Marcus Davenport. What what are your expectations for him, at least, anyway, George? I'm not sure about mine, but theirs should be extremely high. And the draft price they laid on him was obviously two first-round picks. Um, yeah, that that's that's a lot of cash to give up to to one player, especially one that's been injured as well. I think that's the biggest issue here is is he's not been practicing. He hasn't played his game yet. And I know that isn't the end of the world. I, mean, <clears throat> I know players like Roquan Smith still haven't. Um, but when you've given up two first-round picks for a guy, you, you know you, you, you do expect them to, to have an impact straight away. Hopefully, um, I believe you said that he's going to play this week. Yeah, I think it, that's the plan for him to play his first meaningful snaps in preseason week three. So it'll be he's playing the Chargers. So it'll be it'll be it'll, I'll be obviously watching that anyway. So it'll be good to see him playing. And I, and I think. I think the thing coming out of of college and, and coming out of UTSA, UTSA, which is a very small school, is that he's just athletically freakish. Yeah, yeah. And and as we as we've seen, that's not nece- that doesn't necessarily translate. Look, look at what happened with Obi Melafonwu, who just got cut by the Raiders. He was an athletic freak, and it's and it, and he doesn't he can't do anything. And I'm not saying it's very very different because he did have he did have 
uh, he had the st- stats as well to back it up. But who knows what it is? I, I think the the best they can they can they can hope for for the first year anyway is just sixteen games of play really. Yeah, with defensive ends, I think the bar is fairly low anyway because I think even front offices have started to realise that sacks are a very arbitrary number and they don't necessarily, you know, reflect play. But if, you know, if he can play 70% of snaps, if he can get himself, you know, five to seven sacks and him and Okafor can have a nice rotation going. I think, as you said, he's, he was an athletic three, freak coming out. He was just a bit, he's very raw, wasn't he? I think his techniques weren't quite yeah. down. So, you know, maybe another year, like learning, learning the, learning the landscape, if you like, and getting used to playing against NFL level tackles, and you know, just adjusting to the league. It's a huge jump up, and not all of these guys, regardless of their draft capital, can come in and dominate straight away. Otherwise, you know, these draft these scouts would get paid a lot more money. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I do feel for him because he didn't ask to get two two first round picks wasted on him. Wasted, I'd say wasted, used on him. So there's there's a lot hanging over his head, and but in some ways it does give him quite a lot of job security because the Saints aren't going to cut ties with him. It's going to take them a long time to decide that he's not worth being on this team. So yeah. he, you know he's got time. They've got the players there. For once, their defense is good, so it's not an emergency. He doesn't need to be an all pro straight away because their defense is strong. So yeah, and I, I, exactly, and that, that I think that's you, you said the you nailed it on the head there. You said that that. Um, you know he he is in a good situation. You know if you're if you're getting picked fourteenth, usually you're in a bad situation. But actually, he got two first round picks given up for him. But he's in a really good situation with a really strong defense and a really strong offense with one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game, at least for a year anyway. And it, he's got he's got every chance to succeed. We don't. It's all speculation at the moment because we have no idea because we never we haven't heard anything about Adrian Camp because he hasn't played. And it's all about what happens in preseason. And I think. This is the kind of these are the kind of guys that you massively overreact on. Like if he's gonna if he comes out in preseason week three and is a bust or a boom, then we're gonna massively overreact because that's the first thing we've ever seen from him. And you know these guys that have played all preseason and played all training camp, we heard all this thing. We've kind of the dust has settled a little bit. And if they continue to make plays, that's when that's when we start to get hyped about them. So yeah, it's interesting for Marcus Davenport, and I, I hope he does well because I like the Saints and I, I think they're gonna be good this year. Yeah, if if he can step up. They're going to be an incredible defense, uh, but I don't think they should be too worried. No. Give the man a year. Isn't he like twenty-two years old as well? It's fine. He's, well, he's a rookie, isn't he? So. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to rush these things, and especially if he's been injured. The worst thing they can do is, you know, he was born in nineteen ninety-six. Oh Christ! That makes me feel so old. I can't remember who I was looking up the other day, but they were born in ninety-seven, and I was like, that's not real. They're not actually a player in the league if they're born then, are they? I mean, I ID people when they come into work, and it says two thousand, and I have to, it takes me a good five minutes. No, no, I'm like, no, you can't be in it. No, exactly. Eighteen year olds are now born in two thousand. Well, Sam Donald was born in nineteen ninety seven. It might have been Sam Donald, to be fair. That sounds that sounds like a good possibility. That's no, crazy. Yeah. Know. Anyway, <laughs> no, it's 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 mad. Uh, so let's move on to uh, the next guy. We'll talk about another rookie on the, the on the offensive side of the ball this time. Let's talk about Anthony Miller out of uh, with the Chicago Bears wide receiver. He looks really good. Um, there's lots of reports of him being the number two receiver. There's lots of reports of him making plays, and uh, and you can see the, the the plays, his ability to make players miss and people miss catching traffic like like 
well, uh, his catch on or against the Broncos in preseason week two, and I think it just it just shows that that the Bears could probably be this year's Rams. Yeah, that's how they set themselves up. And anyway, yeah, and I like Anthony Miller a lot coming out as well uh, from a small school, and he just he just he reminds me a bit of Steve Smith in a in the best way possible. It's, it's very physical, like Steve Smith. I, yeah. feel, I feel like the way he takes on contested catches is he. He, he, he goes up with the intention of bringing it down and there's there's sort of no doubt in his mind and he trusts his body and his ability and it just makes everything look so smooth and natural. Yeah. And I don't think you can coach that and I don't think that's something you can learn. So, yeah, so, so, so who are they going to have? They're going to have Alan Robinson, Anthony Miller and Talia Gabriel maybe in the slot. Yeah. And then Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen with Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen in the, back, in the backfield. So... It's crazy. That's weapons all, all around. And... I don't understand how people aren't gonna aren't drafting Jordan Howard. I mean, if you've got Alan Rob, if you've got the three wide receivers I just listed, who are all down field threats, if you stick Taylor Gabriel in the slot, who can eat space up before anyone's even realised, you're gonna have to respect the wide receivers. Like, regardless of Mitchell Trubisky and what you think of him, if he wants to, you can just loft a pass up to one of these guys or throw a slant to Taylor Gabriel, who's gonna take it forty yards for a touchdown. So the boxes well, are going to be going to be empty for him. Yeah, well, uh, yes, uh, I think Jordan Howard is is a great pickup, but more importantly, I think <laughs> it all it all hinges on it all hinges on Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, it does absolutely. Like, and it will always do that. And he's looked a bit shaky. You kind of go, and that's that's the only thing holding holding the Bears back. But we said that about Jared Goff last year, so we've got to take it with a pinch of salt. But Mitch Trubisky, I don't think. Came into in, into the NFL with the same college acumen as Jared Goff did, and it's difficult. And you know, Togger, I take Todd Gurley over Jordan Howard. Obviously, that's not a hot take. Uh, and I, but the wide receiver situation, I think, is better in 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 Chicago. It could be the best in the league in a year. Yeah, it, you could yeah. argue it. It'd be top yeah. five. We could. We you could be looking at this and saying this is a decent situation. And and I think you know, do I trust Mitch Trubisky? No, not yet. I think half the issue with that is it's, it's John Fox last year. I mean, when you go out and you, you throw 11 passes in a game, you're not exactly giving your rookie quarterback the chance to, to learn, are you? And to assess plays and make mistakes. Like, making mistakes isn't the end of the world, especially on the team last year like the Bears. They know they weren't going to win the division. They know they weren't getting in the playoffs. So throw the ball more. Get him to learn. Get him to know how quick, how fast gaps close in the NFL how tight windows are, how athletic the defensive backs are and what it's like to get smashed by 400, like 300-pound men. Like, Imagine a 400-pound man. <laughs> there's a, that tackle, isn't there, in high school? It, it, like from months and months ago, it was going around. He was like six foot nine and like 450 pounds. That's just unfair, isn't yeah, it, really? it's, it's, it, it? The poor poor boy's probably got giantism or something and he's probably got about five years to live. So, um, But... Yeah, he's he's going to have to throw the ball more this year because it's impossible for him to throw it less. Um, it's going to be up and down. I like what he does with his legs. I think he's... They picked him second. Did they pick him second overall? Yeah. Let's see how this, this turns out. This could end up being the best or the worst quarterback draft class in the entire world. We don't know yet. But between him, Watson... Well, Mr. Trubisky, and, and Mr. Trubisky Mahomes, was last year. Yeah, yeah, like That's what I mean. Yeah, what well, you mean last year's could be the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah. So Mahomes, Watson and Trubisky. Those three could be franchise, franchise callbacks for 15 years or they could all be replaced in three. 
but they've all yeah. got the, they've got the potential. They, it could be, it could be you know Drew Brees, um, Big Ben, and I can't think of Deshaun Watson comp to be honest. But you know they could be that level of player, and Anthony Miller has the ability to elevate Mitch Trubisky. So does Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson looks great. He's probably back to full health now. Touch wood. Yeah, touch wood. I don't know. I don't... Everyone, you know what my feelings are towards Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I know, but they, he could be Big Ben. He could be. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. He could be. He could even be Philip Rivers. Like Philip Rivers has got a big arm and throws a lot of interceptions, and you know he does. Yeah. So does Andrew Luck. It doesn't make him a bad quarterback. It's still they can still win. T- like you still win games that way. But what I'm saying yeah. is, there's a lot of pressure on this draft class, and I feel like the three teams have now rested their entire future on these guys, um, as it normally is when you take first round quarterbacks. Wow. Absolutely, and they they all all were traded up for. So, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so, that's a very good point, actually. Didn't think of that. So it kind of, I don't know. I think I, I I trust I trust Watson and Mahomes over Trubisky at this moment in time. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. And I think, but the thing about the quarterback position as well is that it is. It's very difficult for a wide receiver like Anthony Miller to be up to be elevated. By by Trubisky because there's a, there's 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 a there's a tipping point where there's only so much that Anthony Miller could do. If, yeah, and you know you hear about all these best quarterbacks being able to to make the players around them better. You talk you hear that ad nauseum with guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. They 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 take bit players guys off the street and make them legitimate starters in the NFL. I mean the the guy that jumps to mind when you hear bad quarterback incredible receiver is Nuke Hopkins but do we think Anthony Miller is not going to be Nuke Hopkins no that's 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 my point that's your point as well yeah is if you think about a great receiver with a bad with bad quarterback play the only name that comes to mind is Nuke Hopkins and no one's going to be like him until no. proven otherwise you can't just assume that I mean another good example is Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders these two guys given even slightly below average quarterback play over the last three years could have been pro bowlers they've got that capability they've done it before they may have dropped off physically slightly but you know these guys are amazing but because of what Denver have been pumping out since Peyton Manning fell off a cliff they've, including Peyton Manning yeah that's what I mean including Peyton Manning in this final yeah, year yeah. Look, look at the state of them and that could be Alan Robertson and, and Anthony Miller quite easily so yeah that, you, and that's a, it's a, it's a very good comp comparison between them so we'll see it's, it's going to be interesting and I think Anthony Miller's got all the talent in the world um, he's done everything he can so far this off season and we're right it, it's Mitch Trubisky and no one else at this point as we yeah. keep saying as everyone keeps saying it's the same with Pat Mahomes they've got everything they need They're all the weapons all the coaching do it exactly I mean uh, yeah is there, is there any, any other guys that kind of want to throw out for the, for the rookies yeah um, I mean, I mean, without without being without talking about Saquon Barkley and no, guys no. like that too much. Uh, I mean, you, you could know. throw out Michael Gallup and Cortland Sutton, are two other receivers that are in similar situations to Anthony Miller, I suppose. With Michael Gallup, could be the one on his team for for all we know. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. And um, didn't you said Roquan Smith earlier? Yeah, he's he's another bear that could could be an All Pro <laughs> next year if he wanted to. Yeah. I think I think I'd take the chances of Rokon Smith being an all-pro over 
Anthony Miller again. Oh, not yeah. particularly, not particularly hot take. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so, so the next category, we've got, next category of guys is is one or two year players in the league who haven't had a chance to play either through injury or situation. Uh, and I think one player that, that that springs to mind, there's two players on on a on my team that I, perhaps we could talk about. But I think that, that the main guy we want to we want to discuss is Forrest Lamp because we. We haven't seen anything out of him. He tore his ACL in in training camp at the beginning of last year, uh, and he he had another surgery at the beginning of this year, and has only just returned to practice. How are you feeling about him? Tentative. I feel yeah, yeah. I think that's the like, place to be. Like the offensive line was is better. Dan Feeney was trash against Seattle. He. Uh, he had a, like a forty-four point nine rating from PFF, and he played a half. So <laughs> you know, you, you kind of. I think, I think that he, I think that he's a plug-and-play guard. I think he's that good. He had a ninety. This talking of uh, Forrest Lamp here, he had a ninety-nine point eight pass block efficiency as a left tackle in college. That's like that's Marshall PFF. Yonder numbers. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And I, I think that if he's if he's back to full health, which there's no report saying that he's not. I think he could be a. I think he could be one of the better guards in the in the, in the league, and I think he's going to play guard. I don't think he's going to play tackle, and that could really. Have, talking of you know the offensive line, despite Dan Freeney, they look good. And Melvin Gordon, it was weird seeing him run the running through holes. Yeah, it was, it was very very strange. And and I think Forrest Lamp only improves that really. Um, but the thing is, do I do do you play him instead of Feeney, or do you play him instead of Michael Schofield? I think he plays instead of Freeney. To be honest with you, Schofield looked all right. Uh, especially in pass coverage, pass blocking, uh, and you know Joe Barksdale's a, a nightmare. <laughs> Mike Pouncey has made has changed this offensive line, and Russell Okung has been good. Yeah, is there any market to play him at right tackle? Is that where Barksdale plays? Yeah, yeah, but then you still got a hole at guard. I'd rather I'd rather Barksdale's like Barksdale's trash, but it, he was it was a it was an average. Offensive line last year, which is better than it ever has yeah. been. I, I feel Even like with Barstow that tackle. So I feel like Feeney could step up. He he's got he's had his issues, but you know if he, if Dan Feeney can take a step forward and Forrest Lamp can come in, because I, I think people forget like he wasn't quite Quinton Nelson levels of hype, but he was just underneath that last year. Yeah, and he, he fell to the second round. Did he? Who did you take yeah. him first? Oh, Mike Williams. Mike Williams. <laughs> Christ. You literally had no luck last year, did you? Injuries. No. Blimey. But yeah, so yeah, th- this guy we've spoken about, like Quinton Nelson, he was the consensus best offensive lineman in, in, in the game. I mean, Garrett Bowles and Ryan Ramchek went before him, but you know their tackles, fine. That, 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 was, that was the issue with Lamp coming, into co- coming out of college, was that he, he, was, he was a tackle that translated to guard in yeah. the NFL because of his height. Uh, and, but he was he was by far the best tackle. Short prospect. arms, wasn't it? Yeah, and it, you know, and that that made him fall. It's just uh, I don't know. I'm tent- I'm tentative and I'm hesitant, and I don't know if I if I if I don't know what to think yet because I haven't really seen him play. I think he'll play this preseason game. Maybe not. Maybe they may keep him till the fourth game. But it's difficult to know. I think I don't think the injury is going to affect him. I think he just needs to, he needs to train. He hasn't trained yet. He went out a year ago. And he still hasn't done anything. And normally, when he, when started he... Tra- he started training at the beginning of this week, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. So 
and normally when, if you have an ACL tear at the beginning of a training camp, you're normally back by the off season, then you can start training as soon as the programs begin. But he hasn't had a chance because of the setbacks. And I think to me that's that in itself is more concerning than the injury. I don't think the injury is a problem. If he's healed, that's fine. But he's not played football for over a year, and he needs to he needs to knock some rust off. And I think if he is good to go, then they should just play him games three and four, just you know. 40 snaps a game. I know that's a lot, but he needs it. And you can. He hasn't played. He hasn't played in the NFL yet. That's what I mean. He's not. He's not done anything. And I think for a guard, and it's such a technical position, O line. And it's. It's. I'm assuming. I don't know. You tell me. It's. It's. it's I'm assuming it's very based on muscle memory. And. And he needs yeah. to. He needs to re. He needs to reignite his muscle memory, because all he's done is sat on his ass for a year. Yeah. And worked his leg out. He's not done. In, his upper body's probably you know been lacking I don't know yeah I think I think the issue is that it's just it's just it's it's we just don't know and I, I think I think we we can hope about it we can hope as much as we want and we can talk about the whole situation to the to to the end of the nines but it's 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 yeah it, to put it this way if he wasn't a charger how concerned would you be right now I wouldn't be concerned at all. Exactly. So I, I wouldn't think, really know who. I don't, I don't think. I, I don't think I would even know who he was. No, I mean, there. I mean, the fact that he's on the charges because of their injury history is that playing into it. Like I know, obviously, it's your team, but say he was no, on I, Oakland, would you feel better about him coming back? But are you just concerned he's going to get re-injured? No, I'm not concerned about him getting okay, re-injured. Okay, I'm just, con- I'm just concerned about him not being just, good. Yeah, because you know, we, uh, and that's the main thing. I like. I've so I've kind of as a charge fan, you get so numb to injuries that you kind of if it uh, that's the worst thing that's the best thing that can happen almost. The, 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 you know, <laughs> like then you then you don't then you can't then you don't have to defend them being bad. Yeah. Um, whereas I think he will be good, and I hope he will be good, uh, and I really like him, and I think uh, and and he, the charges, the coaching situation, and the coaching staff, and 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 the last couple of years, especially since you know. Last year we saw how, how how the whole culture had changed, and I think that's I think that was only helpful for him. But yeah, who knows? And I just while we're on the charge, let's talk about Mike. Williams yeah, who might because, um, I'm extremely excited about Mike Williams. <laughs> I know you are, it's great. but that means he's going to get injured. <laughs> no, he's going really to be fine. Uh, and I keep I had I I had my issues with him last year. I had issues with the pick. I was, but he looks he looks good. He looks really good. If he comes back and he's, you know, fifty catches for seven hundred yards and eight touchdowns, you've got to think that Tyrell Williams or Travis Benjamin or something. They're going to have to they're going to have to offload some wide receiver talent, aren't they? Because yeah. you can't have two first round all stars and then you know trying to I think my point is they need to reduce the, the amount of people in the target share because I think you'd be remiss keeping these players on the team because then you have to play them and then you feel obligated to use them but if you're using them you're not using Allen and Williams do you know Correct. what I'm trying to say because Tyrell yeah, Williams yeah, yeah. on any other team he could be he could be a pro he's, bowler he's, he's, he's a number two receiver he could be like, a pro, that's what I mean he could be a pro yeah. bowler but you don't want to split time with Williams and Williams. Williams. You don't want to do it because because no. Mike Williams is probably the better player. 
Yeah, and I think they're both massive men, and I, I, I think the Chargers keep keep all three of them. The person that's going to go is Travis Benjamin. Yeah, he should how, go. You know how I feel about Travis Benjamin. He, uh, if you if you just if you go, I, I wrote a piece on preseason week two. I, I uh, for Click Geeks. So I go check that out. It'll, I'll tweet it out, and uh, you can you can hear all about how how I feel about Travis Benjamin, <laughs> especially with the guys that are coming up. You know, like Arteva Scott and and Jeremy Davis and JJ Jones. But yeah, I, I think Mike, Mike Williams, not he was looking good in camp. He then did it in preseason week two. He then did it again in Saints camp, uh, and. You know, it's just this is this is this is the formula that you look for. You hear everyone gets hype out of training camp because that's just the way it is. But you get, but especially at the start of training camp, everyone gets hype at the start of training camp. If that hype dies off, then that's fine. It dies off. If they have a hype at the start of training camp and preseason week one, they're good. That that's fine. You're like, yeah, all right, I take that. If they get hype and then preseason week one and they're more hype, yeah, it continues and continues and continues and then. At the end of week four, you're super, super hyped. And then the regular season comes around and you're probably more more likely disappointed than not. Uh, and I, But I think I think you can kind of you can kind of look and see what the situation is. And you can see that... I think Keenan Allen is going to be the, the, the alpha dog, obviously. Uh, he's oh, going to yeah. take all the targets. He's going to take a lot of... He's going to take a lot of the attention. And that's certainly going to help Mike Williams. Uh, and I, 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 I just really hope that he's good. I think essentially this year, he's going to be the tight end, isn't he? Yeah. And Especially I, in the red zone. I don't know why. I don't, he's not obviously he's not quite big enough to play tight end, but in terms of his his receiving role, and like you said, red zone. Yeah, he's he he could be he could catch twelve touchdowns. And he could hope, quite easily because obviously, like you said, on that huge uh, touchdown he had the other week, he had no separation, etc., etc. But you don't in the red zone, so no. that's that's when he's going to be utilized. Yeah, let's hope he comes back. And it wasn't. It was just niggling, niggling injuries. Uh, it was a back and a knee, back, back and a knee injury that, that he kind it, of just. Yeah. It wasn't. Never, it wasn't anything specific. It was just, yeah, as you said, something they couldn't get over. So just, just, just throwing it out there. Do you want to make Mike Williams one of our first food hell bets? Yeah, let's do it. Let me hang on. I'll write it down. Right, what are we going to do? Under, over, or over under ten touchdowns. So you're going to take the over or the under. I'll take the over. Ed's going to take the over. And I'm going to take the under. Let's do it. Food hell. That was our first food hell bet of the season. It happened. Mike Williams. Mike Williams did it. We had another one in the pipe. Do you remember what it was? No. That's fine. We won't, we won't bother. We won't force it. I think it was a no. brown. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Right, okay. So matter. We, got, we got our first one pegged in. There you go. Mike Williams over under ten pounds. Ten pounds. Ten. So just while we've done the food hell, our food hell bet is that we're gonna. It's kind of a very. It's very similar to you know your your sandwich bet and your uh, water bet, but it's a food hell. I I absolutely hate rhubarb, <laughs> and George detests mushrooms. So we're gonna accumulate these food bets, food hell bets, uh, and we are going to accumulate points and accumulate winners whoever wins is safe whoever loses has to eat a dish containing their 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 least favorite food and then they will put that we'll put that up on for you guys to watch yeah we're gonna we might even have little bonus ones we might do weekly ones and have a couple on there and then we do something else disgusting to do with food we don't know yet we're gonna workshop it but the overall end of season one is gonna be 
fairly grim. We should do it. Actually, we should do it uh, on Super Bowl night before yeah. before the Super Bowl when we're definitely definitely going to be together. Yes, okay, I agree with cool. you. Uh, so, 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 yours would be a mushroom risotto, which yeah, one of my favourite foods. And mine would be a rhubarb crumble, <laughs> which sounds great to me. That's fine because then we can both enjoy it and everyone's yeah. happy. Right, can, I'll have the mushroom risotto <laughs> to start, and you can have the rhubarb, rhubarb crumble for pudding. Oh Christ! I uh, don't yeah. anyway, think about that. Uh, moving on, so let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Sydney Jones from the Eagles, I think, is is a, is a is a good one to to talk to. He didn't play at all last year because of he actually. Uh, Torres Achilles during a uh, the, his pro day or uh, or a workout a pro workout before the draft uh, and he fell. He was he was a top consensus top round top first round pick uh, as a cornerback. Fell to the second, I believe, to to and then Philly snapped him up, and he's been playing really well. He's been he's been playing in the slot predominantly, uh, and he's been he's been there's been reports of him being really really good. Yeah, he it was it was him and Marshall Lattimore, wasn't it, last year? And yeah. obviously, we saw how uh, Lattimore turned out. So if he was in the same sort of conversation, you've got to assume, you know, that he, he's a very good player. Um, and it could turn out that, that the Eagles got a steal here and replaced... He was their slot corner last year. Was it Patrick Robinson? Yeah. Yeah, he had an incredible year. So, you know, quickly replacing that position. And then you get you also get Ronald Darby back. And you, you get Ronald Darby back healthy and he can contribute as well. And, you know, the rich just get richer in, in, in Philadelphia. And it's good to see because, you know, out of all the teams that have been on, you know, sort of on top of the mountain recently, I think Philadelphia are one of the most likeable. Yeah. It's not it's not Seattle. It's not New England. It's not Pittsburgh, you know. It's sort of, it, it, it's this underdog team, this sort of working class feeling team that have been built through you know, good drafting and free agency and great coaching and, you know, a ginger quarterback. So <laughs> yeah. If, yeah. if they can continue to get good. Um, as, as Ed said, he seems back to full health. He's playing really well. Um, if they're using him in a slot, his athleticism is going to come in very handy. And, and yeah, I like a bit of Sydney Jones. He, he, yeah, he, he played towards the end of last year as well, didn't he? Just not, not much, but just a, little, a, a few I, snaps, I, I think. Yeah, well, and I, I just, I think... If I try, if you trust any, if you trust any team and any defense and any coaching staff to develop these guys, it, it, it's the Eagles. Just look at, you know, whilst we're on the Eagles, talk about cor- cornerback group. You know, Avante Maddox has looked great. He looked good yesterday, and he had a had a pick six yesterday. So it's kind of it's looking good, and I think Sidney Jones it, it, again. It's all about situation, and he's in a perfect situation to be to be the the best cornerback that he can be. Really, yeah, that's that's it with Sidney Jones. It's the same as Forrest Lamp. It's a really highly talented guy that's that's coming out for an injury, um, and shouldn't really be held back by much. He's not buried on no. a depth chart, which is a relief because, you know, he he could have been in in Philadelphia. He, he could well have been the fourth or fifth cornerback, but he's not. He could be the second guy. So yeah, it's good for him. Exactly. Uh, so let's go on to some some notable free agents who have been getting some hype. Uh, I think I think that the main guy that we we want to talk about is on. Uh, the defensive side of the ball, and it's George's team, obviously. So we'll talk about Richard Sherman. I, I would like to hear what you think because I, I think I slightly probably disagree with what you what you think. Oh, really? Hmm. Right. So everyone knows who Richard Sherman is. I'm not going to bore everyone. Who? Yeah, exactly. He's he was one of the he was one of the better cornerbacks in the league for five or six years. Obviously, he had his Achilles injury, 
uh, missed a lot a lot of last season. He's been up and down in camp with hamstring injuries. Um, he's actually going to play this week, which is great news. So he's back. He's healthy. Um, I feel like everyone was bemoaning him for getting beat by Marquis Goodwin in one-on-ones early in training camp. But, you know, that was his first sort of one-on-one drill against an Olympic athlete. And, you know, Richard Sherman's never really been known for his speed anyway. We spoke about this. Uh, he recently released a statement. It was a very long statement saying that practice is there for exactly that reason. And judging him on that was the equivalent of reading an unedited article, which I thought was reasonable. It was a bit of a false equivalency, but I know where he was coming from. You know, he was just trying to tweak himself and make himself better. And, you know, he is right. He didn't didn't allow a 100-yard receiver for, like, five seasons or something ridiculous. Um, as In terms of his impact in the Niners, obviously he's the perfect cover-free corner because he has been for five or six years. He's incredibly good off press. Um, to be honest, I think his role is mainly to teach up a Keller Witherspoon at this point. He's been exceeding expectations and he's been getting better and better. Um, yeah, in terms, it's, it's hard to quantify, but if you're going to PFF grade them, I think he, he's, he's going to end up with like an 80, an 82 this year. Um, I think he's going to be very good. I think he's going to be a lot better than what we've had in previous years. But... I don't think he's going to be a Pro Bowl player, but I think you know I don't think he's there for that. He's going to he's going to lead the locker room, and he's going to be a very valuable member of the team. And he probably sticks around for two or three years, but he's not going to be himself. He's going to be injured. He's he's been injured. He's a little bit older. He probably might snag himself ten interceptions in three years, and he, he you know he can round off a very very nice career against his former team's rival, which you know would be fantastic. Great great storyline, but. You know, my expectations for him are marginal until we see it. You know, I could be wrong. He could come out and just be like he hasn't missed a step and just destroy opposing receivers, which would be fantastic. But, you know, I'm happy with our team and I'm trying to keep a level head. I'm trying not to get really excited with the fact that we've got Richard Sherman on the team. So that's where I'm at. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, uh, in that case, I don't, I don't think I disagree with you too drastically. I think I don't. I don't think he's going to be the same player. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be the shutdown corner that he has been in Seattle. At thirty years old, coming off an Achilles injury, that's a tough injury. Uh, and yeah, fine, you got beat by a, an Olympic athlete, but people are going to see that and they're going to use that against him. And if you just got to look at Darrell Rivas and you got to look at this, you know how in his latter we keep talking about Darrell Rivas, but in, you know towards the end of his career, that's how he got beat. He got beat by Marquise Goodwin in a real game. And I don't... I think that the reason that Richard Sermon signed is, as you said, he's going he's gonna to be a presence in the locker room. He's going to show how, how you... Uh, one of the youngest teams in the whole entire NFL, one of the youngest defences especially, how to work and how to become the best players. I just don't think he's going to be that good. Uh... Because if you if you if if there's any chance he could be that player, I think the Seahawks keep him. You could have said that about who did they lose? They lost. Who have they lost? Well, they said it with Michael Bennett. They lost, didn't they? Yeah, but they traded him away, yeah. so they obviously didn't feel they obviously didn't feel that he would he would be the guy. Uh, you know, they they kept Cam Chancellor even though he was old because they thought that he could be the real guy, the real the real deal. But yeah, he got injured, he unfortunately. Retired, yeah. 
Uh, and uh, El Thomas, they obviously don't think he can still play because otherwise they just re-sign him. I think that's ridiculous, though. Yeah, I don't, no, I don't I, agree I, with that at all. No, I, think, I don't. Yeah, but you've got to trust the Seahawks and their coaching staff and their and their. You know that that tells that tells a, a million stories about how one of the best teams over the last ten years has dealt with these 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 players, right or rightly or wrongly. Yeah, they 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 have they have for a reason become a dynasty, and you you got to read into that a little bit. And I think if if Richard Sherman was was has the possibility of being the player that he could have been, they obviously saw something that they didn't quite think would translate again. I think it's a wait and see at this point. I mean, I'm sceptical, as you are, and I think as a lot of people are, I've not heard much. I mean, over the last couple of weeks, I've been getting back into article writing, so I've been, you know, I've been really hot on the, the Niners trail for once, which is, you know, it's a bad thing. It's, it was a good thing now, but it's a bad thing that it's taken me this long to, you know, properly get invested. But I've not heard much. And I think it doesn't help that he hasn't been practising, so, you know, what are you going to say? I think also that's a, that's a big part of it as well. His health. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. And it's going to be a wait and see. He might come out, when when they play Saturday, tomorrow probably. He might come out tomorrow, play 15 snaps and just be spot on and not have missed a step and do it again the week after throughout the season. And me, me and you could look like idiots, but we're not the only ones that are saying this. Like, And we can't be because this is just logical. He, I, yeah. I think the only person that wouldn't be doubting it is Richard Sherman because I think Richard Sherman knows... What he's capable of, and we all, everyone else, can is just gonna have to make their own mind up when they see him on the field. Um, as I said, I don't want him to be an All Pro. I'm not expecting that. I, yeah. like, it, the chance of him being an All Pro at 30 coming off an injury are zero. But if he does, then obviously I'm gonna be over the moon. It, exactly. It, I, I think I, it's, I think it's also... hard to make his an assessment at this point because someone who's who's been at their peak, unstoppable, and is now just sort of you know, it's just sort of trickled away a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, you know, and talking of us being sceptical about it and us saying that he's probably not going to be very good, we could just sit on the fence massively. Nah, there's no point doing that. But, you know, you don't, I'd rather be wrong, really wrong, than than not right at all. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know sometimes we're going to say these things and be right, and and that that's that's more satisfying than kind of fence-sitting to me. Yeah, and he's not. And he's mean, not been as good even before the injury. He's not. He wasn't no, as good as he was last year. He was he wasn't as good. But, he uh, but for us, he doesn't need to be that good because no, we th- we had Dante Jackson last year. Yeah, now I, they've got him. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're saying. A middle of the road, a middle of the road. Richard Sherman is five times better than anyone you had last year. Really, I'd take a top fifteen quarterback, which cornerback, which he can be. He could he could be that with one leg. Do you know he's going to be a top fifteen corner? Oh yeah, without. There's there's no there's no question. Um, just had an update on Tyrod. Wait um, wait 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 oh, wait wait wait. Breaking news. Uh, he all he did was dif- dislocate his, his pinky, so he's fine. That's all it was. So Ty- Tyrod is fine, or Tyrod. We tar- we use the breaking news. It's important for the first ever time. For that. <laughs> he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's fine. He you know. played. He went back and played. Yeah, it's fine. He's he's gonna be all right. Thanks. All right, okay. Oh yeah. By the way, everyone download Sleeperbot and just stick on the notifications because it's quicker than Twitter. So yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it sleeper, really is. The sleeper app on your phone for notifications is 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 just as good as using it as a as a as a way of 
Drafting. Drafting. Absolutely. Anyone else you want to talk about? I think we've we've done. No, no, I think, I think that's it. There's obviously a few guys, you know, Carlos Hyde looked good. Jeremy Kinnan looked, looked as there's a lot of hype about Jeremy Kinnan as well. I I'm a bit reserved about Jeremy Kinnan. As am I. Um, uh, and yeah, I think other than that, not really. The, Alan Robinson we've talked about as well. He's obviously a guy that that is is a, is a free agent. Trey Burton, all these guys. But Sammy Watkins, maybe I, I want to kind of touch on him. Not really though, because <laughs> I, th- I, I think he, I think he's going to be good. I think I think there's there's potential there for him. He's he's so, going to be what he was last year with the Rams. Yeah, and exactly. I don't I don't think he gets enough credit. I no. really don't because. First of all, Jared Goff was shit at throwing the ball down the field, when <laughs> even when Sammy was open. And secondly, the man scored eight touchdowns. What more do you want? Yeah, but, like, and he yeah, was exceptional yeah, like, at it. it the, the thing is, I, I can understand where you're coming from, but this year, if he does that, oh, with I, the money, think, absolutely no. The, 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 the money is just too much. I just like it's eighty-four million dollars is a lot of money to get six hundred yards and eight touchdowns. No, I agree. He needs more. He needs more this year, but. He looked. It's not like he looked bad last year. No, no, he didn't. But uh, and if he stay, stays healthy, then then perhaps. I'm, but yeah, I'm looking forward to cut day now. Yeah, I, I think I think thing. I'm just ready for the season now. I'm so bored of watching preseason games. Yeah, you know, I don't think we're the only ones, especially so, after this week, because this is the the week now. Yeah, but even like the guy, like the Rams aren't going to be playing their stars. I think it's kind Good. of too, the, the, yeah. I'd rather I'd rather not what them play their stars, and I don't think I I really hope the Chargers don't play their stars. But yeah, like. Come on, season. It's only two weeks away, but come on now. I think what they should do in the preseason is weeks one, two, and four. It should be primarily second and third depth guys. Don't you put the starters on the field? Start off with the second guys, and then you get to see the rookies more. And then the third, third game, do a half, and then whatever. I don't know. It's just they, they need to change the format of it because four weeks is way too long. Yeah, it needs to be a two season pre week, two. Week preseason, yeah, two two season three <laughs> week. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, that well, that wraps up for today. I, I that was a good. That was it was it wasn't there wasn't there wasn't a real point to the show, but it was just a nice, as you said, touching base. And I think with preseason coming around, with preseason and season coming around, that is literally that all there is to talk about. And it is it is about just touching base and just talking about some guys. And that's what we're here for. We just want to talk about football. Like, there's sometimes there doesn't have to be a, t- a point to talking about football. Just, there's just nothing talk- going on. Exactly. Just talk about it. So yeah, that's that's kind of the, that's what we wanted to do today. Enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back on uh, Tuesday with another episode. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the FM Pod, on iTunes, on Google, on Spotify, on Stitcher, Football Members Podcast. Follow us. Review us, rate us, let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. And as I said, we'll be back on Tuesday. Cheers, guys. Cheers.